Welcome to Define You Radio, the place to be for real talk and real tips to help you define your personal and professional life. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Define You Radio, classes and session, where you get the life lessons, strategies, and more to teach you how to define life on your own terms. I am your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Make sure you are subscribed and connected to all things Define You, including Define You Movement on Facebook, where classes and session seven days a week. You can find out more about me, Define You Movement, radio, anything Define You at ValenciaGWallace.com. Oh, I pulled that off really good because if you guys <laughs> listened last week, last mm. Tuesday, I was steadily talking and I was on mute. It was so funny, so I'm proud of myself. So I want to welcome <laughs> all new listeners. Uh, I am a part-time comedian, so you're definitely in for a Treat, this month we are talking about real life. You know, usually, guys, we have a different topic or so on and so forth we're following every month. So this month we're talking about real life, and tonight's class is in session with Mr. Arnold Brown. He is multilingual. He is a (laughs) voice actor and so much more. I'm so excited, ladies. Y'all know, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know, like, we most of the time have ladies on the show, so I'm excited. Like, we got a man. Yes, somebody needs to hashtag that. So um, we're we're discussing life and diversity and so much more. So classes in session, get your pens and papers ready. Arnold, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so blessed to be here today. Yay! Well, I'm I'm excited to have you, and um, just to kind of tell the audience how we met, it was at a um, a filmmakers meeting, something of that nature that I went to, and I don't know how we started talking, but he has this amazing voice. So when he <laughs> told me that he's a voice actor, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Your voice is amazing, like. <laughs> I need to probably take some lessons on that one. So besides voice acting, what tell the audience a little bit about you. Yeah, well, first and foremost, um, I, I am someone who really loves foreign languages. I love people, and uh, I guess just really just to kind of give you an example of what that looks like for me, Uh, I'm the type of person where if I am going to, like, a Chinese restaurant, I will be the one to just go in and talk to the waitress or talk to the workers and everybody there that speaks Chinese and just starts talking to them. Uh, So I I just have a passion for languages and I have a passion for people, and I just enjoy that a lot. Absolutely. Well, I bet, okay, I have so many questions, but I'm going to try to – Keep on task. Y'all know my ADD sometimes kicks in in the middle of the show. But we're going to try to, I'm I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Where did this fascination with language 
comes from hmm. because you speak quite a few, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, uh, really, it started way back in 2007. And what's really interesting about this is during that time I was in high school and I was attending Woodlawn High, and I was really into basketball at that time. But something very interesting happened. I remember I was on my way home from a church service, and I was in my car, and I was driving, and I was praying. And I said, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, whatever your will is, I want it. I want it. And it wasn't very long after that, maybe two months. It really within the summer of 2007, I remember that a transition took place. I found myself not wanting to play basketball, like the desire to play basketball totally left me, and a desire to learn Spanish came about. And what's interesting is, and I'll never forget the story, I was in Florida with my parents and my sister at that time and also my cousin, and we were at Universal Studios, and and as you probably know, uh, in Florida you have a lot of Latinos there. and. um, Yeah, so being at at that time, Universal Studios, and I think it was also the Islands of Adventure uh, there as well, I just remember being surrounded by all of these Spanish people and Spanish-speaking people. And I just remember looking and saying, I want to learn Spanish. And it just (laughs) happened just like that. It's just that interest was planted and birthed in my spirit just to learn the language. And that's how I began. I began to learn Spanish uh, from my junior year, but... Of course, later on, I would begin really in college to begin teaching myself how to speak Spanish, uh, how to speak Portuguese, and, and several other languages as well. I have so many questions because I remember <laughs> in in high school um, taking Spanish and right. taking French, and hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, no. Like, I was so not ever use this. But honestly, now, you know, now Mm. that I'm, like, way past my high school days, I wish I would have learned Spanish, and I know it's, like, not too late. So did Mm -hmm. you Rosetta Stone it? Like, (laughs) how did you? Yeah, so here's what's interesting. Like, in high school, so I I, I said I began, basically when that that desire to learn Spanish uh, came in my spirit in 2007, I began taking courses. Uh, that fall of that same year. So for the last two years of my high school years, I began to take Spanish. Uh, But what I learned, and this is the thing, I learned that, well, you can't really learn, you can learn Spanish in the classroom, but you have to go beyond the classroom, right? You have to really have uh, a motivation to to learn the language beyond the classroom because you're going to only learn so much. So what I found myself doing in my college years in 2009, two years after my high school years of taking Spanish, I found myself going to the library and just picking up books. Uh, I, I'll never forget, I had my Spanish teacher in college. She gave me a verb book, 501 verbs to, uh, to learn, and I began teaching myself things like grammar, began teaching myself things like phonetics, and all of these linguistic terms. You know, I just began diving into all of these aspects, and that's really how my uh, my ability to speak Spanish began to blossom. <laughs> Out of okay, so how many languages do you know? 
Well, so I speak Spanish. I, I can speak Portuguese, Mandarin, Chinese, and I've also learned German as well as Russian and several others I've, I've learned just out of curiosity and just pure interest. So, but those five languages for sure are the main ones that I find myself speaking quite often. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I have, like, so many questions. Yeah. Because <laughs> in, in, my, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I know, okay, English and then maybe one other language, I could separate them enough. But being uh-huh. that you know so many Right. Does it sometimes uh-huh. get, like, twisted up in your head and you'll find yourself? Because Spanish and French, from what I remember, are very similar. Right. Uh-huh. From what right. I remember from my high school classes I halfway slept through. Uh-huh. So does it, do you, does it get mixed up in your head where you start, uh, you know, in Spanish and end up in French, so to speak? You know what I'm saying? Because some of those words are very similar. Right. So I could definitely say, like, Spanish and Portuguese. They're very similar, very similar languages. Uh, so mm-hmm. I do find myself uh, from time to time uh, mixing up those two languages because the, the verbs and the nouns, everything within it is very similar. Uh, but, like, and then I can I'll say this to, to, to make a joke, but, like, seriously, I remember this happened a few times. I may find myself mixing Chinese, maybe, like, a word in Chinese and then speaking the rest in Spanish. I'll never forget doing that one time. Uh, so yes, it, it can happen uh, a, a few uh, sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> so so, what is the um, the reaction when you go mm. to say like a, a Chinese restaurant or something like that, and you start talking in their in their language? Is it like, oh my gosh, you know, like what's the reaction? <laughs> I, first, I, I I love I love the reaction I get. Each and every time, um, but you're right. Absolutely, they they do. I I I'll, I'll translate what I say, but I'm I'll 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 go to them and I'll be like, hey, ni hui shuo pu tonghua ma. I'll be like, hey, can you speak Mandarin Chinese? And I'm like, hey, and they'll, they'll be shocked <laughs> initially, and then they'll be like, ni ke yi jiang pu tonghua ma. Like you can speak Chinese, and I'm like, yeah. And so, like, just that moment in time right there just begins to initiate a powerful bond just because of the language. You know, there's so many barriers that can happen before between cultures, you know, if you, you know, there's things that right. you think about, but just because of the language, being able to initiate a conversation in that person's language, it's like extending a hand and saying, hi, my name is Arnold, and I want to be your friend. You know, it's, it's just powerful. It's powerful. I could imagine, for my own selfish reasons, I want to learn Vietnamese. Hey, so, all right. <laughs> so, um, I, I need yeah. to put that in, in, in your arsenal so you could teach me. So, hey, know, okay. obviously it might sound a, a little cliche, but I want to know when I go to the nail shop exactly <laughs> what they're saying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, because I, you know, I used to go to this one particular uh, nail shop, and, and they were Vietnamese. And we, you know, I went there for, like, years and years and years. And they would try to teach me uh, words, right? you know. Right. But I would remember them while, while I was there. 
And then as right. soon as I leave, I would forget. And then I'd come in there and then they would say something to me that I was supposed to know the response to. And I'm like, look, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I forgot as soon as I left the door. But um, I definitely see how that's an advantage, you know, knowing different languages and just being able to maneuver in this world better. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I need you to learn Vietnamese. Put that on your your 2018 list. Hey, I'm writing it down um, now. So I get you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, have you ever, okay, so have you ever assumed somebody speaks a language mm. and they don't? Yes. I have done that a few <laughs> times. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that experience. Experience? Well, okay, so this just happened, I think it was last week. I think it was last week. (laughs) And I was at work. So um, I work as an assistant teacher right now. And Mm -hmm. occasionally the students and I and the the teacher, we all, we we go to different places. We travel around. And so on this one time, on this one occasion, we were at uh, the mall. And... um, I, you know, in the mall, they have, like, different uh, things that you can eat uh, within the food court. And uh, right. so, you know, they have a few Chinese stores or restaurants that you can go to. So, you know, right. the, being the person I am and just the, the passion I have for languages, I, you know, I skip canes and the burger shop, you know, all these different <laughs> places you will probably go and just went straight to the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Um, but I remember seeing like the uh, the people they they you know to take your order, and I was getting right. ready to buy my meal, and I I remember uh, talking to the cash reg- the the person at the cash register. I said, hey, and that's when I uh, that that same line like, do you speak do you speak Mandarin? Do you speak Chinese? And I never forget. She's like, uh, like I, and then she looked to the side. The person she worked with spoke Chinese, but mm-hmm. he didn't speak Ma- uh, Chinese. And so it, it really? wasn't it wasn't like a oh my gosh like this is a a bad encounter right here like I'm not appreciating right it. but it was actually what I kind of saw within her eyes it was kind of like whoa like who's that maybe like, yeah well it was it was kind of like she was kind of like huh like <laughs> he, like she was kind of like it, it was like she couldn't figure out what I was. Like, I, the fact that I was speaking Chinese, so it, it wasn't like she was mad or anything, but she right. just couldn't respond. But then I asked her, I said, okay, so but so where are you from? I asked her that in English. And uh, mm-hmm. then she told me she was from Burma. And uh, so that's, that's of course, a different area in a different country. Uh, and I would love to learn more about that culture in that country as well. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't speak the language there, so... But it was an interesting, very interesting encounter for sure. <laughs> I could, I could imagine my um, my son's best friend since like I don't know elementary school is half Chinese and half white or Caucasian, whatever the politically correct term is. Uh-huh. Half Chinese American and half Caucasian, but he doesn't uh-huh. know any like any Chinese because he wasn't raised with that part of his you know with with any of that side like he has no um which kind of sucks because they have such a rich 
culture and everything, but he really doesn't know any, you know, anything about the culture besides what any of us could learn on Google or definitely not the language. And what's crazy is because as he gets older, he looks Uh more and more Chinese versus, you know, when he was younger, you couldn't really, I don't want to say you couldn't tell, but you could tell he was mixed with something. Uh-huh, but as uh-huh. he gets older, he he definitely looks more more Chinese, and I I bet he gets that. Mm-hmm. You know, someone coming and he I probably know I'm gonna let make him listen to this call so he can at least learn that phrase <laughs> you said. <laughs> so um, well, if so I can add really, anything, if if, is mm-hmm. that, if that's okay, um, yeah. So I I realized earlier I mentioned that I. I was in college, I found myself going to the library often, and I did, uh, to borrow books, mm-hmm. things like that. But I have to mention this. There is so much power on the Internet. I mean, these days you yeah. can literally find, I mean, you could type in things like uh, Chinese, Chinese language into Google or Korean language or Spanish language or Portuguese language. And when you go to Wikipedia, for example, you'll find them kind of going into the details of what the language, the things that you need to kind of learn and master, the principles, right? The principles right. of the language that you need to understand or at least be aware of. So with that type of thing in mind and just kind of using your own personal experience, you know, your own personal experience from the classroom and your own learning style, you know, just kind of think about these different things, you can really find yourself learning a language through the internet, and um, and it's not just teaching yourself, but you can. There's these language exchange websites. Like you can have, uh, I'll just give a, a website that I use that I found very powerful. And this is for anyone out there who's interested in having a language exchange. If you use the website called Interpals, Interpals dot net. That's I N T E R P A L S dot net. It's a great website. Mm-hmm. Free. It's absolutely free. Uh, just to go there and to create an account and begin making friends with people from across the world and then doing language exchange. So yeah, there's so many ways. Mm-hmm. I'm that's on my t- well, I'm not gonna sit up here and lie and say that's on my 2018 goal list, but it's uh-huh. my life. My one of my 101 lifetime goals is to learn another language. So okay. it will get done sometime in in my lifetime. So, Come on. <laughs> hey, you have, I like that. <laughs> you I can know. do it. We gotta make, people have to make different goals out the box, in the box, all kinds of boxes. If you oh. had to pick one language mm. that you had to speak the rest of your life, wow, what would it be? Oh, like wow. Only one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a hard one. Um. I'm, like, tapping my fingers over here trying to figure this one out. You know, I, I have to be honest, and this probably is a – this this may be because of my experience and the, mm-hmm. the time that I spent there. Uh, and even now, like, I, I'm still involved in the Chinese community, which I'm so grateful for. It's a Chinese church uh, that I'm involved with here, and they've been such a blessing to my life. Uh, so if there's any language that I would want to speak for the rest of my life, it would most likely and potentially be Mandarin Chinese. Okay. I figured you was going to say that. 
I think mm. that you was gonna going to say that a because you dropped some hints right before you said Mandarin Chinese. <laughs> and, um, uh huh. Uh huh. So, which brings me to to another question. So I notice you say Mandarin Chinese. Are there right. different versions of Chinese language? Right. Absolutely. Now that's that's a very very good. A statement and point to make, because oftentimes those who have an interest in Chinese, let's just say Chinese in general, um, if they're not careful, especially if they were to do some searching online, they may if they're not clear on the type of Chinese that they're wanting to learn, they may find themselves accidentally coming across other information that deals with another type of Chinese or another form of Chinese, which would be something like Cantonese. Okay, you. Uh, some people out there are probably really familiar with Cantonese. I know Jackie Chan. That's one of my favorite actors. He's from Hong Kong. He speaks Cantonese, but he also speaks Mandarin. So there's two forms of it. Uh, but, yes, Mandarin Chinese is considered the standard uh, language of, of China. Okay. Is there a big difference between Cantonese and Mandarin Chinese? There is. There is. Um so you probably know, like with Chinese, that it's a tonal it's a tonal language. Um, so Mandarin Chinese has four tones, and depending on the sources and who you look at, some people would say Cantonese has six tones or even potentially nine tones. And the reason for that, and I believe this is the case, is because of the consonants at the end. That if you kind of look into the details of that, but yeah, it's, there is a difference between the, the the languages and their pronunciation for sure. So what do you what do you mean by tones? Right. Like what's an example of a of a tone? Right. So Mandarin Chinese has four tones. Uh, oh, this is awesome! I'm loving this. <laughs> Give it a lesson. <laughs> this is great. It's great. Um, Mandarin Chinese has four tones. Um, mm-hmm. It has a straight tone. So, and I love using singing as a way to kind of explain the language, uh, because oh, it, it, yeah, you can it, you you can really use music. You can use music to kind of control your voice. And uh, so, with Mandarin, Mandarin Chinese again, it has four tones. Uh, the mm-hmm. first tone is a straight tone. So, if you're singing. Or if you want to pronounce the, the straight tone in Mandarin Chinese, I'm going to use the letter A. Ah, I'm, going to, I'm going to use A, ah, the English alphabet A, and I'm going to just say the straight tone or the first tone in Mandarin. And that's ah, ah, okay. So that's the straight tone. Okay. But then the, the second tone is a rising tone. So it's, it's like you're raising your voice in the form of a question, and it sounds something like this. Ah, ah. And then the third tone is a dip tone. So some people are probably familiar with Chinese kind of dipping their voice in the language. They probably heard some people sounding like, ah, 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 something like that in yeah. the language. <laughs> but that's them pronouncing the third tone, which is more of a dip. So if you're using the A sound, it'll be like, ah, ah. And hmm. then the last tone, which is, uh, the fourth tone in Mandarin Chinese is a sharp tone. It's more of a, it's really quick. So if you're tapping a keyboard, it's like you're tapping the note on the piano, and it's just very quick. So it's like, ah, ah, 
So if you put them all together, the first tone, the second tone, the third tone, and the fourth tone, it sounds something like this, all in unison, kind of going together one by one after each other. You have the ah, 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 ah. I'll do it again. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I have so many. I, I, I'm going to have to have a special show just for you to just teach <laughs> us, like, something simple because I'm, I've am i always been, okay, fascinated for some reason with Chinese culture. Not fascinated enough to learn it, but, like, okay. um, it probably started with the with the Geisha, Geisha movie. Um, okay, okay. Memoirs of a Geisha. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. Like, I probably would have been one if I was Chinese. Uh, well, not like not the stuff that they did, but just the whole culture of it. The whole, you know, the no wait, is that Japanese or Chinese? Am I mixing my nieces? I'm mixing my nieces. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the film, so I don't know. But that's <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I'm gonna leave that one alone because I think I'm mi- I'm mixing it up. But I know. Um, <laughs> I've, I'll just say I've been fascinated with Asian culture mm. uh, because it is su- such a rich culture, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, from from the geisha, which may or may not be Chinese. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. It may be Japanese. To the okay. uh, to the dragons. To you know, of course, Bruce Lee. Because I knew one day I was going to marry uh, him, even though he was way older uh, than me. Um, uh-huh. But just that whole, like, um, I watch a lot of, uh, what's, but I think he was Japanese, I'm not sure, but the whole Ip Man series, I don't know if you watched any of his movies. Um, it's He was like, um, he did, it, and it's IP Man, and it's like a series of movies, and it's about, um, you know, the battle between Japanese and Chinese when, you know, one tried to take over the other, and he was like a hero. And it's based on a true story because he was Bruce Lee's teacher. So that's oh, what I was wow. to. So he, he taught Bruce Lee um, Wayne Chun, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, wow. That's see, awesome. I, see, I know some stuff. Yeah. Y'all don't put me in a box. Really? Don't put me in a box. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but you... But it is very fascinating if you ever get a chance to watch his movies. Um, yeah. You know, this is the the guy that taught Bruce Lee, and then when Bruce Lee, you know, wanted to be become more Americanized, of course, he actually changed the style up. But this is the creator of that style. Uh-huh. So wow. y'all hashtag classes in session, y'all and learn some stuff. So, <laughs> on with the interview. <laughs> um, yeah. How did you end up in China? How did that Oh, happen? my goodness. <laughs> this one is definitely a story, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is a story really dear to my heart, for sure. Um, let's let's kind of go back a little bit. Um, okay. So... So let's let's go back to to 2009. So in 2009, I started teaching myself Spanish. This was in the fall of that year, and then and then going into 2010, um, I started teaching myself Portuguese. I really love Brazil. Have a heart for Brazil. Want to go to Brazil. Uh, so that was a passion and something I began to do at that time. But then 
towards the end of 2010. This was in December. I remember thinking about Mandarin and Chinese at that time and thinking about learning it because I felt like it was a language that was extremely important and, and in fact, is the world's most spoken language. So that was definitely one of the reasons why I considered learning the language. Um, so let me kind of fast, fast forward. I, I mean, there's some things that I can say in between that, uh, between mm-hmm. that time. Uh, but in the summer, so I began learning Mandarin in the December of 2010, began teaching myself, taught myself how to read it, write it, and speak it. Uh, and, and within a, and I say this humbly, but just, just kind of given the details of the timeline, it was within a short period of time. But within the summer of 2011, I remember, again, and this is interesting, just kind of noting how I was in the car again, and the Lord spoke to my heart again, uh, or just kind of revealed himself to me at that moment. Uh, I was in the car in the summer of 2011, and I was praying, just kind of meditating, and I was just just thinking about, you know, things in life. And I remember the Lord speaking to my heart very, very clearly. And he said these exact words, and I have them journaled. He said, Arnold, you're going to go to China, and you're not going to have to pay a dime. Zero. Wow. And I took it to the bank. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, so I was, <laughs> it was in my spirit when he when he spoke those words, and I and I, I just wrote them down, and I, I held them dear to my heart, you know, just held dear the words of God to my heart. And uh, so let's kind of go a couple of months later uh, in that same year, 2011, and interestingly enough, sure enough, an opportunity came. An opportunity for me to go to China uh, to study abroad came about. But but check this out. I For whatever reason, and... I, I just believe the Lord was working and doing a work in my life. That opportunity was stripped away from me. It was taken away from me at that particular time to go to China. And you can imagine, I was hurt. I was really discouraged. I was like, God, like, you just spoke to my heart and said that I was going to be able to go to China and not have to pay a dime. And this opportunity came, but it's been stripped away from me. Why? Why did this happen? And so I, I, I battled with that. You know, when I was in college, I was in my junior year, and I, you know, I, 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 I continued to learn Chinese. I continued to hold on. It was not easy. It was not easy at all. And, it's, again, there's so much I can say in between in that time, but let's fast forward now to 2013. I'm graduating from college. I have a minor in Mandarin Chinese. I have a major in Spanish. That's a blessing, and I thank God for that. And I definitely went through a lot to to get that, and so I'm just very grateful to him. But towards the end of that year, towards the end of 2013, and still believing God for his promise, an opportunity came for me to apply for an opportunity. Now, this, this is where things get really interesting. I applied for a mission program, and as I applied for the mission program, this was for the United Methodist Church at that time, in 2013, and this mission program, the candidate, whoever was selected to be a part of this mission program, it's called Global Mission Fellows, for anybody who's interested in checking it out, um, for the United Methodist Church, Generation Transformation, that's the name. Um, I, I applied uh, to the program without being certain 
that I would be mm. going to China. And that's the thing, China wasn't really even an option. They had Brazil, they had Germany, they had uh, you know Europe, they had different parts of the U.S. that I could be going to do missionary service. But China was not really even an option, to be honest. And it, it was it was on their uh, application, so you can put it down. But it was just really interesting. They didn't really have anything active at that time. So I applied for the program in faith. And let's now go to 2014. This is during my interview. This is in February of 2014. I got interviewed, and I saw the Lord work right from the interview. In the interview, as I was being asked different questions and going through the process, I was asked different questions, of course. But interestingly enough, my interview, the, the interviewers, the people that were interviewing me, they begin to ask me about China out of the blue. Wow. They say, would you be interested in going to China? And I look at them, I say, yeah, absolutely. And then one of the interviewers, it was so funny, I still don't forget this, began to speak Chinese to me. She's like, like, can you speak Chinese? I was like, yeah, I can speak Chinese. And I replied to her Mandarin. And <laughs> so it was just a really interesting time seeing at that moment how God was working something that, I couldn't even see. And hmm. so so I went through the interview process, and I, when I say I didn't even see, it was that at that point in time, I didn't even know that there was a way that he was going to open a door for me to go to China. So yeah. I, I get accepted in April 1st of 2014. If you notice, I'm using a lot of dates, and the reason for that yeah. is because I am very – I journal. I journal a lot. I, I put very I put very high importance in journaling the things that God does in my life and tracking. Tracking what I do, mm. tracking what God is doing, so I can follow him, so I can hear his voice. And that was something that I strove and that was absolutely something that I strove to do with all of my heart at that time. And even now, still to this day. But I got accepted into the missionary program on April first of two thousand and seventeen. And immediately, I began to pray. I began to pray and pray about the placement site. Again, I didn't know where I was going to go. Even though I was right. being asked about China and been, being able to speak Chinese in my interview, it was not for sure. It was not a guarantee that I was going to be going to China. And so six days later, on April 7th of 2017, and I have it journaled, and I think the exact time was either 2.11 or 2.17 in the morning. I was in my room praying, and I was on my floor, and the Lord spoke to my heart as clear as day. I kid you not. He said these exact words. He said, Arnold, I want you to pray for China. Mm. And I said, but God, like, do you remember what happened to me and, and what, you know, just this experience that I had and I lost up? And he spoke to me one more time, just one more time. And he said, Arnold. I want you to touch and agree with my will. And I sat there. I sat there on my floor and I just said, okay, God, I touch and agree with your will. I pray for China. And instantly, instantly, peace came. Peace came. And three months later, I got a confirmation letter through the missionary program that I was on my way to China. Wow. 
I have so many questions. <laughs> that, number one, that's a that was an awesome story, um, an awesome uh, testimony of the the timeline between the the promise and the fulfillment mm. of the promise. Mm. Mm, mm, and mm, and mm. I I love that you detailed that with dates because a mm. lot of times people will hear from God or pray for something. Um, mm-hmm. In January and by February, because it hadn't appeared or mm. you know came to fruition, they they like well it must not be God's will, you know. But mm. we don't mm-hmm. realize that God don't operate <laughs> on our time. Period. <laughs> right. Um, mm. And mm-hmm. and I and I love, I, and I so love that. And people can learn so much from that because it was years. Yes. Oh it was God. Years. Yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You know, and yeah. and people don't, you know. God, you said you was gonna send me a husband, and it's mm. February 2015, and because <laughs> you're not dating mm. anybody in June 2015, mm. you think you're gonna be single the rest of your life with ten cats? No, that's not what it mm. is. So, um, mm. <laughs> and, but in that time, you know, you learn more uh, language. I'm sure. Mm. Um, because I think you said you, you continue to study it and so on and so forth. So you right. were better prepared, and I'm sure, you know, years had passed. So there was definitely right. some maturity that mm. happened and, and those things. So you were better prepared, too, right. you know. Yeah. And and I'm learning that because, Lord, God knows, me and patience, mm. I always say, if mm. God wanted me to be patient, He that would have been mm. my first name. But... <laughs> Yeah, being, being patient is a is a is a constant battle yes. because I too am one of those people that tend to get frustrated when I like I know like I know like I know, mm, and it mm, just seems mm. not to happen in Valencia's time. Right, right, right. And then right. I then I'll I'll get frustrated and then have to breathe and and mm. go into prayer, meditation, throw some fasting in there and everything else just to get mm, at mm, peace mm, with mm, my mm. timeline. Right, and right. Amen. Amen. So amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, sister. So you're, you're, you yes, end indeed. Up in mm. in China. Mm. And was that the first time you had ever been when you went there for for to for missions work? That was the first time you ever went to China, right? And and let me say this: so I I went to China through a missionary program, but they had a partnership with an organization there uh, that was a Chinese pro, it was a Chinese organization, and it was through that Chinese organization that I served as a teacher. So I, I wasn't a missionary in China, but I was a I was an English teacher there, and uh, and I just put this out there to be clear. It is well, it's illegal to proselytize in China. You can't share openly the gospel there, so you have to. Right. You have, I was going to ask you, about that too. Right, right, right. So I didn't do I didn't do that, but I went solely oh, for the okay. purpose, and and not solely for the purpose, but primarily. To to work as an English teacher, and uh, but yes, that that was my first time going to China, and uh, I still remember as I took flight on the day that I left to go. I remember leaving the Metropolitan Airport, 
and crying my eyes out. <laughs> I was crying my eyes out because... Like, Lord, what have I done? Well, it, it wasn't that, no. It was actually tears really? of joy. It was oh. tears of joy. It was God finally fulfilling the promise. I was like, God mm. did it. God did it. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling that right now. God did it. And I was just so, so happy. So happy. Mm. That's bringing yeah, tears to me. It, I, <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> mm, mm, I, I mm. could, yeah, that moment of um, the delivery on the promise is um, overwhelming. And anyone that has seen me speak or, you know, even talk to me mm. firsthand when I talk about things that I that I know I had no hand in. I just did what I was supposed to do. Um, mm, mm. My eyes would get water, and then I'll, I'll kind of throw it off and say, hold on, I'm about to have a moment, or, you know. Because mm, um, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it does oh, yeah. get, get over, overwhelming, because even with, with writing, I've been writing mm. since I was a little girl, and I just knew I was going to be a writer ever since I was oh. a little girl. So mm. if you think about that that desire and that passion that was put into me then, mm. but I was late. I think I, my first published book was in 2016. So I don't mm. know how old. Wait, I'm 41 now, so mine is three years. That's how old I was. So uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. if you think about that that gift and that that thing that was put in me as a little girl did not show up mm. until mm-hmm. I was in my late 30s. So, all mm. you know, yeah. That's like I said. That's a that's a whole other show. You mm. were the mm-hmm. only African American where you lived at in in China, correct? Right for a full year, I was the only uh, African American teacher there, and I lived. Now, I, here's another side note. I I lived in Ningxia, China, and so mm-hmm. that's an area. And I'm trying to figure out how to say it. And and I just put it to this way. You would find more foreigners, people from the States or Europe, uh, in other parts of China, maybe like Beijing or Hong right. Kong or uh I'll just put this one out there, Guangzhou. Guangzhou is also another one. Uh this that's more of the southern part of China. And then you yeah, have Beijing of course and Shanghai. You'll find more foreign, foreigners there than you would in Ningxia, China. And uh, Ningxia, China, is actually what they call an autonomous region. And so what's interesting about that is that this is an area where a minority group of China predominantly lives. And uh, so, again, kind of backtracking a little bit, I said this, and kind of giving a comparison, just or maybe kind of, yeah, kind of comparing it to a little bit. I said that Mandarin Chinese, is the standard language of China, but there are other dialects. So in this region or this autonomous region, most of the people in this area are not what you would call uh, because there's different minority groups. The m- most right. dominant uh, minority group in China is what they call the Han, the Han people. And even in Chinese, Mandarin Chinese can also be pronounced as Han, which means Mandarin. Um, but in this in Ningxia area, I live predominantly with a minority group called the Hui people. And the Hui people are Muslims. They're known for their, their religious practices. They're Muslims. So I didn't know 
that they had Muslims in China. I thought everybody was Buddhist right. and <laughs> so I didn't even know that. So that was very interesting. But also in this area, you won't find as many foreigners in that region that you would in other parts of China. So, yeah, uh, definitely. I was the only black uh, teacher in my city at that time for a full year. And, uh, yeah, quite an experience for sure. <laughs> so I have so many questions. Okay. So being the only person that looked like you, mm-hmm. how how did you – Deal. How did you deal with that, and how did people react to you? Right. Well, first and foremost, I have to say I had a great team. I had a great team there uh, in that city. I mean, God orchestrated everything. Uh, so I had a great team. I had great team leaders. Uh, and let me just kind of say it this way. I came to that part of China. I came to China with one other team member from the same missionary program that I was a part of. But I also was there able to work with another organization as well. And so we partnered and we worked together. We were foreign teachers together. And uh, I was able to get a lot of wisdom and a lot of advice from the people that had been there before me. And so I, I found myself, you know, just going to the team leaders and, and asking them questions and, and, and being curious, just wanting to learn the environment, right? You know, they have – they know they've been there before you, so they can give you some. They can teach you. They can let you know what what to expect, what to look out for. And so, that was very helpful, uh, definitely. Uh, but then, along with that, um, yeah, I, I being the person I am, very outgoing. Um, and, and let me back up. Actually, one of the things, I, and this is something I wrote down, one of the things that I remember being told was that I had to be aware that people in that area may say some things that's offensive. Right. They may say some offensive right. things. Uh, and I'll give you one example. Especially being a black male, they may say some, they may say some, some bad right. you know, terms. They may call me some things. And uh, so I was told to be aware of that. And then, but the reason for that would was not because they wanted to be racist or anything like that. You have to remember, this was an area where most of these people have never seen foreigners, not just the black person, but foreigners in their lives. So the only thing they have are the knowledge that they only most likely have about America, Europe, these other countries is on television or on a cell phone. Mm -hmm. You you see what I'm saying? So so, so with that... um, I had to keep all that in mind. So it was most likely was going to be out of ignorance that those things would have been said right. to me. And so I had to, to, to be aware of that and to, uh, yeah, I, I had to be aware. Of, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, being black, you know, some people, well, you know, they're they calling me this and that. I'm not taking that, you know. But you had to, you had to have some grace. You had to, to really think yeah. about what was going on. And, um, and so having that knowledge definitely prepared me for my interaction with the community, for sure. Hmm. That is a very, that's a great way to to look at it, because I think a lot of people of whatever, you know, culture, race, or whatever else, really 
don't always want the experience of where it's just them and nobody else looks like them. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a, which is a tragedy in itself because you may be the person to teach them about your race so that way they know next time. Oh my goodness, that yes. That's not what you see on um TV. When I went to Canada last year in the area I went in Canada, there was not too many people of my color or mm. anything close to it. And the, mm-hmm. in fact, the event that I spoke at and went to, I was the only black person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't just that I was the only black speaker. I was the only black person in, in the <laughs> event period. And um, <laughs> ah. and I know people were really uncomfortable. You know, like you could just kind of vibe and tell off people. So, you know, me right. being who I am. I, when mm-hmm. I got on the stage, I was like, in case you guys didn't guess, I'm the black uh-huh. one. So uh-huh. everybody uh-huh. just bust out <laughs> laughing, and it kind of broke, <laughs> um, broke the ice or whatever, because who gets on stage and says that? But, you know, I thought, you know, it, it worked. I had several <laughs> Canadian friends, you know, and that's what I know. Uh, and a lot of people ask me, well, how did this feel, and how did that feel, and did this and that happened and everything else, and I loved it. If it wasn't so cold there, <laughs> I would definitely yeah. – stuff is definitely cheaper in Canada, um, mm. and it's it's beautiful and everything. Mm. Um, and I love standing out. And this mm. way I don't have to do anything, just be me. And it's the, you can't help but notice me, you know. So mm. that may have been the only experience one-on-one they have had with a black female – Mm. I don't know, um, but you know, I provided them a great speech and some laughter, so I made yeah. it easier for the next one. That's awesome. how I look at things. Awesome. So that yeah. was so you were you lived in you were in China for two years. Were you right. glad to uh, come back? Oh, re- repeat that question. When, when did I come back? Well. Were you glad to come back? Like, ah. Were you happy? Like, yes, I'm going back home. You know, <laughs> you know I, I and I, I think this word explains it very well. It was a bittersweet, bittersweet mm. uh, moment because you have to know something about Chinese culture. It, it takes time, and, and, and this is within any culture, but even more so, I, I think this is to be true, that in the Chinese culture, it it takes time. It takes time to build relationships. It takes time to build trust. It takes time to build friendships. And not just time, it takes consistency at the right. same time. You have to be the same person that you are. You know, you ha- you can't put up one character one day and then put up another. You can't be wishy-washy. You have to be who you are. And uh, so leaving, leaving China was definitely a bittersweet moment for me because I had just finished experiencing making friends from all parts of the city and all parts of China, really, really. And I, and I say that humbly, but, I mean, it was amazing, amazing experience. I literally have pictures in my room of my experience in China, the students that I taught, the kids that I met, the friends that I made. I mean, it, it was just an incredible, incredible two years, and I, I would never trade that for anything, and so 
Coming back home was definitely bitter, but it was also sweet in the fact that I didn't come home for a complete two years. (laughs) Right. So it it was something definitely awesome to have in that point of view because I was finally able to see my parents again. I was finally able to, uh, my family, uh, my friends, and uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Are you longing to go back? I I do know and I do strongly believe that it will happen again some point in the future. At this time, I feel like there are other things that the Lord has wanted me to do. Um, and so I'm, I, you know, it's funny. I always get the question, so Arnold, are you going back? I said, oh, are you here? Are you here? Are you here now? Are you, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm here for now. <laughs> I'm right. here for now, and uh, so yeah, that's that's the case for me right now. I I love that, and I love um, to me it's a great example, especially being you know a young man. Mm-hmm. Period, and then you add a young uh, black man on top of it. A lot of times we don't, um, and this is just from what I see and know, we don't encourage each other as a culture to just, you know, get out the box and do this. Mm, and that. Like, mm-hmm, you know, a mm. vacation is more than just going to Florida, you know, go right. do because literally, you know, when I tell people I went to Canada, right. it's like, wow, you went to Canada. Canada is like, to me, up the road, you know, it's uh-huh. you're still connected to the States. Um, mm, but that's mm-hmm, one of the things mm. I love with my son being uh, in the military. He just got back from Germany yeah. and, um, you know, of course, he gets to travel and stuff. And I said, you know, to me, my feelings is just like, you know, getting your driver's license at a certain age is important. A passport mm. should be important, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, if you can leave so and, I, and just, yeah, visit another country, I would definitely encourage that for anybody uh, that's thinking about it. Create a plan, though, too. You know, think about it. Strategize it. You know, uh I think that's also important because if and I'm sure you sh- you share this all the time like if you have a vision if you have a goal yeah. you know create you know create a strategy be be organized about it and and, and make it happen it's possible it's absolutely possible Thank, thank you for putting the, the period on all my sentences in my post cuz people don't <laughs> people under underestimate uh. the power of writing the vision and making it plain. They underestimate that and because because they get frustrated from the from the promise. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They get uh-huh. they get frustrated from that. You know, mm. and like I posted today about trees. Everybody, you know, loves a good tree, but you know, it started at a seed. You no one sees mm. the seed. And that's where the, 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 the promise comes in and you have to grow. A tree don't just go from seed to full-grown apple tree or oak tree or whatever the next day, but we get impatient. Right. And, right. and then, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to write that vision anymore. Okay, well, that's you. I, mm. I'll wait to you and send you a postcard from wherever I'm at next. Mm. You know, I have, I have to put this foot out, if, if it's okay. There's uh-huh. a quote by Les Brown, and I love him mm-hmm. because he's a – awesome motivational speaker and this is something i try to remind myself every time i get a little frustrated and he says and this i think from jim rome but this is something that you'll find in his speeches he says by the yard it's hard 
but inch by inch, anything, inch, one step at a time. Mm. <laughs> so true. So true. Mm. But um, it has, we got like five, like four minutes left. Like I yeah. still have, I think I asked like two of the questions that was officially on my <laughs> list of questions. Uh, which is all good, you know. He's yeah. Arnold is now officially a, a defined part of the Define You Radio family, so he will definitely be back. But before before we go, I definitely want to touch on um, really quick about you voice acting. If you, if you guys can't tell by his his great voice, <laughs> I was just like it 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 makes sense. It definitely <laughs> makes sense. So how how did you like get into that? Did somebody say, "Hey, you have a great voice. You should be a voice <laughs> actor." Like, how did that go? Well, you know, it's funny. Like, I that the no no one really actually has like come to me and said like, "You have a, a great voice." Actually, my <laughs> desire and and, <laughs> and and interest in voice acting really has come as a result of me just really. I worked with kids. When I came back home from China, I also had an experience to uh, teach at a Chinese church here in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York, and I taught Chinese kids. So I love kids. I love working with kids. And so just the point with voice acting, uh, I don't know. I just think about these these different TV shows that, you know, you grow yeah. up when you, you know, when you yeah, grow up watching uh <laughs> I think this is funny, but I, I think I'm not the only one who saw it, but like Dora the Explorer, you know, all these different TV shows yeah. when I was young. I mean, talking 2001, 1999, right, all that during that time, and you had a lot of shows that really made an impact. PBS Kids, oh, my gosh, Arthur, right? I'm sure we can sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, I mean, these they had a very positive message and a very positive impact on my life. And so it's for that reason that I also have an interest in in pursuing that uh, because it is is I I like the idea of being able to to be a part of something for kids at a very young age. I'm talking about starting them young, just like the Book of Proverbs say that if you train them up in the way of the Lord, that when they get old, they shall not depart. Hey, absolutely, being able to mm. be that voice. So that they can know that whatever circumstance they're in, it don't matter if they come from a broken home. Hey, it don't matter what type of situation they come from, that there's hope. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting, oh, I'm getting excited. <laughs> but it's real. It's so real. It's so real. Mm. Like I said, there's going to have to definitely be a uh, a part two because I definitely want to, you know, talk about, about your faith and and staying mm. faithful through you know in these days and times where yeah. you know it's it's easier it's so much easier to do wrong mm. than to than to do right it's so much easier to follow the crowd than to be different and that's one of the things I definitely love about you from the moment we met mm. it was just so like such a such a great experience to where mm. when me and my friend who I know mm. is listening, um mm. 
you know, I, like I talked to, I talked about you, and I know y'all had a, a conversation about me, which you know, life works that way. Um, yeah, yeah. But you're such a, a, a dynamic and, and interesting young man, and I love that you're out there just doing different, mm. like just mm. doing different. Because a lot of times people will say do different, and they're doing the same thing. Mm. You know. Mm. Mm. And I yeah. especially love that you did talk about the moment from the the promise to the actual fulfillment of the promise. So mm. definitely thank you for that because you spoke you spoke some words to me just then. God mm. has always reminded me to be be patient, which is a, which uh, has been a daily journey. Yes. I'm learning. Yes. <laughs> I'm still learning. All of us, all of us are still learning. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Hmm. Well, Mr. Arnold Brown, which is so funny, um, me saying Mr., because uh, you are younger than me. You are younger than me. <laughs> yes, but, you know, Mr. is a term of respect. Um, yeah. It has, I absolutely have loved having you on the show. And if someone in the audience wants to connect with you, find out more about you, possibly have you um, voice act a project they're doing or something of that nature. What is the best way that they can contact you and connect with yeah. you? Well, definitely uh, I, the first thing that comes to mind is Instagram. Uh, if you want to reach me on Instagram, you can go to the search box, of course, and type in Arnold Brown. The same picture that you see from this podcast that I put as my display picture is the same picture you should find if you were to search my name on Instagram. Uh, so, again, my name, complete name, Arnold Brown, and my uh, username for that uh, Instagram account is A, it should be A-B, Teach Mandarin, or A-Brown, Teach Mandarin. I'm very active on Instagram, and uh, so if you would love to connect with me, you can do that as well. But you can also email me at brown.prince. 95 at yahoo.com. Again, that's brown dot prince, like the singer, <laughs> 95 <laughs> at yahoo.com. Yay. Wait, 95, because that's when you were born? No, I was actually born in 91. I just, I don't know. I, I created oh, okay. that. Yeah. Because I, I knew you were young, I, you know. Um, <laughs> I was like, 95, you know. Because uh, uh, that <laughs> <laughs> but um, guys, uh, Arnold, thank you so much. It has definitely been a learning experience. I definitely look forward to having you back on so we can talk about, you know, faith. How was it, you know, in China being a, you know, a person of faith? How, you know, mm. how was that experience in, in China mm. where, mm. you know, that's not their thing? You know, so yeah. we'll definitely yeah. have you back on. It has been a great show. You are awesome. I definitely will stay connected with you, of course. Awesome. And uh, thank, thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you. Yay. I appreciate thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> this has been a pleasure and, and a complete honor. So I want to thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you, you're off. You're completely um there are no words. I, you're you're setting. You're a trailblazer, and and God made you that way for a reason. So Thank we'll you. definitely stay um, connected. With mm. that being said, uh, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. 
Make sure you are connected with tonight's guest, whose information will be posted on Define You Radio's Facebook page, and you guys to connect with him also on IG, Instagram, for those of us 40 and up, in case you're not on there. Make sure you're connected with the show. Until next time, remember, your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition, and it's up to you what you do with that. Have a great night, and I will see you guys not next week because it's my anniversary, like Tony, Tony, Tony says. Hey, so hey, you're going to hey. have to listen to, to one of the older shows, but we'll be back live in two weeks. Y'all have a great night. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Make sure you connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pins and papers down. Class dismissed.